0: Welcome to this topical life, real conversation, real exploration, real life stories, a discussion about life, cause life ain't a vacation. And now, here's your host, Tiffany Murphy.
1: All right, and hello, and welcome to This Topical Life. Today, we have the lovely and special guest, Gina Perkins. And Gina's also really special because of a million things, but she is actually the first Zoom guest that I've ever had. So, whoop, whoop! Um, this is, it only took us, uh, well, it took me. No, she's she's in this. Um, it took me quite some time to get here. But um, here we are, and we have a very... Important subject we're going to do, but but first, I want to formally introduce you to Gina Perkins right here with us. And um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll talk about the subject we're going to approach? Yeah, for
2: sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast, and uh, yeah, so it's awesome. We're first first happening all over the place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm here in West Lynn, and we've only been here for about five years. We moved from the San Francisco Bay Area we're really afraid that people were going to gonna knock on our door and ask us to go back to where we came from. But um, Westland was really nice and kind. Yeah. And we have found our community. So I'm a mama to two. I have an, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. And we are also known as the Perkins Circus. We've got three dogs and two cats and three fish. And we would adopt all the dogs all the days if we could. So uh, you know, my my ultimate dream is to have property where we can have all of the animals. That's really right. like the fam- the family dream. So
1: it's a great dream, you know. That's, I know that's, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> so today we're entering a really hard topic that I. The reason why I reached out to Gina to talk about this is because a while ago, um, she was very candid about her struggles with um, anxiety, and she was just really open, and I if you know me enough, you know, I love transparency. So I really cling to that because I like to get right to the, um, nugget of what's going on. And so with, in light of COVID-19, um, oh my goodness. Uh, I feel like this is a subject anxiety. Um, we both struggle with anxiety. Hers, hers is a different form more or less than mine, maybe, but you know, it always, it hits different people at different times. But the thing is, is that Through talking and getting to know one another, and talking to our other peers that are dealing with um, the virus and everything, is that people are experiencing anxiety that have never experienced it before. And so, Jean and I are determined to hit this subject right on and um, and and talk about all that. Plus, talk about how she got to where she is today and her anxiety journey um, and dealing with it. And then also, at the very end, we're going to talk about um, parenting an anxious, anxious child. And, you know, a lot of this, I remember like in different times of my life, I have been diagnosed, I mean, I am diagnosed with anxiety and depression, but there were times where I had things dialed in and then something stressful happened in my life and then it was situational anxiety. And so, you know, it's, if you're, you could be experiencing a lot of different things, but let's start, uh, Gina. Let's start with um, how your journey with even coming to realization of anxiety in your life. Do you want to talk about that?
2: Yeah, for sure. the, The most pivotal moment that I can remember with my anxiety and actually recognizing that it was there and it wasn't going to go away. I was in my early 20s. And I was out to dinner with my mom and stepdad and his parents. And this is, you know, out to dinner, something I've done a million times. We, I can't remember that there was anything on my mind or, you know, it was like a celebration of, of whatever sort. And I just remember this physical sensation of sort of starting to get tunnel vision. Like, like all of a sudden, like I had blinders starting to go like this and everything around me just started closing in. I felt like I was in a tunnel. And then the sounds just became like really muted. And there was just this buzzing in my head and my heart started pounding. And just remember this deep, like bone deep shaking in my body. And I had no idea what was going on. I was absolutely convinced I was dying. It, but I, it was so alarming to me that I didn't even know how to how to ask for help from anyone at the table. I just remember rising up and just walking through the restaurant out the front door of the restaurant. And then I just paced. I was started pacing up and down the street. And my mom finally came out and, you know, what is going on? And I just remember saying, I have to go to the emergency room. I have to go to the. I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying right now. I'm, I, I have to go. And what's so funny, my mom, who um, can be, you know, she's very cautious and I still, to this day, it makes me laugh that she didn't call an ambulance because, you know, like your kid saying, "I'm dying." There was something uh, that allowed her to be really calm and present in that moment, which is exactly what I needed. And we did go to the emergency room, and I remember, you know, the triage nurse did all of my vitals, and everything appeared within reason, except for my pulse. And I can't remember what the number was, but I remember her going, oh my gosh, whoa, like your pulse is out of control right now. You know, and I was like, well, yeah, it's because I'm dying, I guess. <laughs> is, is this Do what happens? dying. Did I mention I'm dying? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why isn't anybody paying attention? Help! Ah! Right. Yeah. Um, and so that was my first, that was my first panic attack. And that began, that began the journey
1: right and and the thing that really broke the where it's one thing to have anxiety, but there's something that the doctor said that just took you down,
2: which yeah. was yeah, so we're in the emergency room, and because I wasn't actually dying, surprise, surprise, uh, you know, they took their time with me, and at the end, the ER doctor finally connected and said, "You're okay, you've just had a panic attack." And I just remember there was something about the way that he said it that in that very vulnerable, terrifying moment, I just clung to that word just, right? And if I see it in my brain, it's italicized. It's doing the lean. It just it's, it is this downplay of the experience that I went through. And and I I feel like I learned right there that it wasn't a big deal that I shouldn't have overreacted, that the e r had much better things to do, um, which of course, right now in this day and age that we're recording this how how you know how true is that, but um I think that that was that first seed of shame of like, oh my gosh, I interrupted this huge family dinner. I marched out onto the street. I made my mom drive me to the ER. I wasted this doctor's time for just panic. Oh, I guess I should be embarrassed about this. And that really became, I think, my first stigmatized thought of my own condition, really.
1: Well, and to people that have anxiety too, it's that I think a lot of people look at it as, well, you know, you can fix that. You can, why do you feel that way? Why, you know, because people that don't know how it feels definitely have those questions, you know, and that kind of stuff. But the person that actually has the anxiety, guess what? They want to fix it too. And so yeah. it's very difficult to almost get to a place where you, tell you where you get to a place where you have acceptance, like Mm -hmm. where you're like, this is something I really struggle with. And it doesn't mean that I'm weak. Right. You know, and what you experience is big. I mean, the fact that the doctor said just like, to someone that has never experienced something like Mm -hmm. that before, I mean, it could feel, it really did feel like you were dying and yeah, they should have val. I mean, it's, you, you know, I think for me personally, I like to seek the validation of knowing what I'm feeling is legit because I'm a hard worker. I I do a lot of things to prevent to like, it's not something that you're choosing all the time. And, and if there's post-traumatic stuff from in the past that you haven't, it will find a way out of your body. It really, really for reals will and yep. um and so you know during this time it's just like oh my gosh like my heart really does go out to people that maybe have struggled with this for a long time and then all of a sudden they're facing oh my gosh I don't have a job anymore or yes um, you know the fear of like we were you and I were talking about this article that we read on anticipatory grief mm-hmm. right that. There's just so much our brains are processing and everything like that. So with anxiety on top of it being a condition, for me, it started when um, I had my son and so my oldest, he's he's almost 15 now, but he was like a baby and I was nursing and um, it was like all of a sudden I couldn't get off the couch. Like I mm. had I had gotten to mm-hmm. my limit and I didn't mm-hmm. know what I was feeling and what that even meant. And so f- the hard, did you part- feel, d-
2: did you feel scared? Like, did you real? did it feel like a scary thing or just a
1: disconnected? I think, I think for you, it was probably more scary because you're have you were having more of an even more physical mm-hmm. response. And so for me, it's been, it was gradual, but a little side note to my story is, is that I have a very much, um, health disorders or mental health disorders in my family leading up to this point. So it was always kind of in my brain that maybe hormones would trigger something like this. And in this case, in a sense, it did age wise and everything like that. I was like 25, I guess. Yeah. So um, in some respects and some regards, some people were just waiting for me to crack.
0: And so that was always
1: really fun to be like when is Tiffany gonna realize she's got anxiety, you know, or, you know, I don't know, mm -hmm. it was just like this weird thing, but a a legit thing, because a lot of scary things happened, but um, not with me necessarily, but with my um, biological mom, and, you know, those kind of things, so it's been a long, a long Mm -hmm. haul of Mm -hmm. that, but Mm -hmm. to anyone out there who's like, I think I've had the panic attacks that she's saying, and I've had Situational, like I had, I'm diagnosed major depressive disorder. You're diagnosed what? Generalized anxiety and panic disorder. Yeah, and so, and and I take, um, what do I take? Fluoxetine and Prozac, Mm -hmm. and just a some of that, and then, um, and then some therapies of different sorts. But you, what is your what is my What's, my what is your look like? What is your <laughs> have you ever
0: like? Have you ever
2: have you ever heard Glennon Doyle saying Jesus loves me this I know for he gave me LexaPro?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that <laughs> is Yeah. That's my motto. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I take Lexapro and then when when the anxiety gets really out of control, like it has this week or these past couple of weeks. Um, I take Ativan, and I just take half of a dose of it because I don't. It makes me sleepy, but it's just enough. I feel like it breaks through the the anxiety that the Lexapro is, n- is not handling. Um
0: yeah.
2: and it's just a little. You know, we all need a leg up, and right now it's. I mean, that anticipatory grief that you were just talking about. Anxiety wants answers so badly, you know, anxiety like demands to know what's happening next. What can I expect? What can I we don't have any of that right now. So Mm. that uptick can feel really hard to live with, you know, and when you're used to managing it, and then all of a sudden something comes by and shakes you up that in and of itself is knocks you off balance you know
1: it does wait, And we both been very candid with each other about that too just like yeah even in the first weeks of this um well it's only been the second week hasn't it this is the second <laughs> week. and then everyone was talking about homeschooling and then it's like oh my god it's only spring break wait what <laughs> like, yes i know all of a sudden we should be done with the whole year of school like one week or something. It's just, it's pure panic. You know, I yeah. think for me, anxiety makes me paralyzed. Mm-hmm. It makes me so that it's not that I don't, I'm not like needing the answers per se. It's mm. just, it's more like, um, I don't know how to make the next step. Yeah. Yep. Just frozen. And- yeah and so it just it literally like is this cloud and then not only that it's it could be you know that I'm just like all of a sudden really tired or mm-hmm. um or that I just it's just like I can't I can't process you mm-hmm. know and it becomes mm-hmm. more physical than it does mental for me and mm-hmm. so the line between panic attack I can visualize two panic attacks and once you've had one you you know and um, and even if you're just having some shallow breathing and just like that, that is, you know, that is a form of a panic attack. Mm-hmm. They can range from different feelings. Right. I mean, yeah. um, yours was pretty severe for sure. Um,
2: yeah, it was. And it, and yeah. it, after that, I started to have a restaurant phobia and then I started have you know and then I started having anxiety about getting the panic attack at the restaurant and so i every time I would go to make dinner plans and go to a restaurant, sure enough, you know then I would be thrown into an anxiety attack because I was just so scared that it was going to happen again, so you know your early twenties is not a good time to sort of have some social fears and I didn't, I just didn't go out very much. So I was was just afraid it was going to happen again. Um, Yeah. And they play together, like you were saying, you know, the interconnectedness of depression, anxiety, panic, and
1: just, yeah. They all do play. It's like a perfect storm. And so what Jean and I are trying to do is talk to you about what you might be experiencing and how to, how to actually deal with it right now. So Mm -hmm. this is either a process where you are getting to a point where you've kind of thought, you know what, I kind of have some things and I don't want to, I, you know, maybe you're like, I don't want to try meds. I don't want to do that or anything like that. I think the, I don't know what happened to you with how you figured out your med journey or just like in counseling or whatever, but counseling really helped me to see, because I was, I like I said, I wanted to be over, it. I wanted to ma- get myself past this, I wanted to do all the things that would um, get this over with, that, that would oh, make okay. this over with, and um, I, I was a very natural person at the time, like, I didn't want to mess with drugs and stuff, um, and so, it, honestly, it backfired, um, it did backfire, actually, and so, for me, I ended up, um it was this one counselor, she's in Central Oregon, shout out to um, Ann Martin, whoop, she's a, she's a therapist right now in Central Oregon, and so anyone that's listening to this from combat combat COVID-19, should totally reach out to her too, but she helped me um, slowly but surely be like, you know, let's work through this, and then I'm going to make a suggestion, and you don't have to jump right now, but let's work through this, and so she helped me to see, At different parts and different times of my life, where I was like, Yeah, I need this. Like, I need this. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't. Was Mm -hmm. that what was the journey like for you as far as like after your thing? Were you like, Okay, I need something? Or were you just like, How did that unfold after the whole panic attack for you? Yeah.
2: I mean, gosh, to make a really long story so super short. And isn't it funny how we
1: remember our therapist
2: names because it was Dr. Alyssa Merrill in San Francisco, California. Um, she was the first like therapist that I took a deep dive with. There had been other, you know, group classes, you know, after that first panic attack, we're going to plug you in right here and we're, you know, check the box, check the box. She had a panic attack next step, have her join us group class, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I cycled through, like, oh no, I'm fine, I'm better. And then I'm not. And then I found Dr. Alyssa Merrill. And I remember her recommending medication. And I was so opposed. It was like, I just remember because at that I was still in my mid-20s and I had a really big big girl job. And and I literally remember having the thought of, could I get fired if they knew I was taking medication? Like I wonder if I could lose my job. Because I just nobody talked about mental health and and i didn't know what was right or wrong or and um and i remember her finally saying what if you give me a year what if i walk through this with you for one year you commit to trying meds for one year and i finally signed on the dotted line that i would commit to that and it was like putting on the right pair of prescription glasses, right? Yeah. And it was like, oh, oh, I can see life more clearly, you know? It just, I felt, it just, it was the it answer.
0: Out
1: who, it brings out who you are. You're yeah. already here. It's just, it's not like you're getting this high. You're not getting any, you're no. becoming centered and normal like yourself. Yes. Like you feel like yes. yourself. And it's so true. It, it is really. Mother, the first time I ever tried meds though, um, what was it? It was like, well, I wasn't sleeping. So that was a problem. And so I, the first med I ever tried, I couldn't sleep for two days straight oh, <laughs> on top of the fact no. that I couldn't sleep. And I called the doctor and I'm actually talking to my brother too. And I'm just like, <gasps> how am I supposed to sleep? <laughs> like it was first, first of all, meds have come a long way, even in the last what am I, like 15 years later, it's a whole different story. But even back then, so much was like, you could even talk about it without feeling like you're getting fired. Now it's like, everyone seems to be on something of some sort, possibly. But but yeah, like, my God, I couldn't sleep. I was just like, and that made it worse. Of course. Oh my gosh. I don't know how I got out of that. I got, you know, and I did two months ago. And then after hormones, it didn't really work after that. But yeah. Back to what you're saying with um <clears throat> your journey with getting on the mess, you got a year out of it and then you just kind of went from there.
2: And then I quit a year to the to the date because I was like, that's what I said, and I'm fixed, and so that's good. And then I was off of them for I don't know, probably five years, and then I got pregnant with DJ, my ten year old. And it was all bad. It was it my anxiety. During my pregnancy was it, it was like you were talking about that paralyzing. like I, I didn't. I will never forget. My husband and I lived in this adorable duplex, and our master bedroom was on the on the corner, and there was no fence. It was on a corner, and there was no fence. And I just I remember when I woke up at like two in the morning and I'm like, oh, we we have to switch our room with the baby's room. We have to and, and, and because we had, had, I'm sorry, we were in the back room. We were having her nursery in that front room. He's like, what are you talking about? What's wrong? I'm like, what if there's a drunk driver? What if there is a drunk driver and they hop our curb and there's no fence they're going to crash, crash into the nursery. I, those thoughts were in my brain every moment during my pregnancy. It was just, it was just awful. So I was a, I was a candidate for, you know, postpartum depression. So I took Mm. the meds again, then I went off the meds and I got pregnant a second time. Then I went on the meds. And now I have just realized that I am, it's, it's what I need. It's what my brain needs. It's the, it's the puzzle piece that puts it all together. Zero shame, zero stigma. I'll, I'll tell anybody Lexapro, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but it but it Live did. It life. took me a while to get there. It took sure. me a while to fully embrace, like, this is what I need, and it's not because I'm broken, it's just physiologically what I need.
1: Yeah, I have a friend who's uh she was really struggling, and a doctor actually ended up showing up to her house to help her realize like, you need to do something like, wow, and it was amazing. He was a great doctor and it, you know, it was, and this person had never really experienced it like that before. And, mm-hmm. and, and so much too is, is a situational brain too. Like yeah. maybe it, you, your brain was um, depleted in some way or, you, you know, things mm-hmm. were off and then a, a situation comes along and then it amplifies it. So that's yeah. what makes you think. In some ways that you can overcome it because once the situation
0: passes,
1: Mm blah, 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 blah. Well, that's just not the way it is for a lot of people. And this brings me to the next part of what I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, the society that we live in right now and the things that you're facing with combat COVID or the things that you're facing with COVID-19 is we're at the pinnacle of stress, So to someone who is having this and then also dealing with it, but then people that haven't dealt with it or people are experiencing for their time or they're seeing their spouse deal with it Mm. um, and, and then getting to the child that is dealing with it. So what made me realize with anxiety too, when I started to see the effects in my children, it was Mm. like. Also, like wow, their 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 brain is stimulated more too. So yeah. I'm not gonna get into that. I'm gonna let you do all that because you have such great things to say about all that stuff. But um yeah, so let's talk about that, just seeing it for the first time in spouses and yourself situationally. I mean, I think you had a great point with saying, Look, getting on a medication, very small dose for 10 months, give it six weeks even, I mean, yeah. six weeks to kick in, you will know, you will mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. the effects and you would be pleasantly surprised. I don't think I, these days, have you ever heard anyone take it and say that they had like completely adverse reflex where it was like, like they couldn't do it anymore. Like maybe there'd mm-hmm. be like little ones that can deal with. And then they switch to a different one because they couldn't deal with these one little things, but it's never really major anymore.
2: No. No, it's not, no. and it's and it's, and I feel like the the process of tweaking to getting like the right dosage and all of that has been honed in. Like it, it's, I feel like you know, 20 years ago it was okay. Let's try this one. Let's try this one. Maybe it's 25 milligrams. Maybe it's 30 milligrams. Maybe, and it just doesn't even. No, and and you do. You know, you start to just feel. Um, you're like, oh my gosh! There, like, there's the sun. There's the. Oh, you know, I can I I can I feel like I'm coming alive again. I was just talking to a girlfriend of mine who just is going on ADHD medicine for the first time and she's 45 and she's like, oh my gosh. It just it feels like I put it feels like I put earplugs in and the noise of the world just calms and like and now oh, this is what it's like to be an adult, you know? And so I feel like that. Anytime we need any sort of medication to sort of fill that gap that maybe our bodies aren't doing for us, that's what it feels like, you know, like, oh, I'm I'm in my body now. Like, I'm actually in my body. This is how it feels to be alive. You know, it's just such such a gift, really.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a gift. And, you know, working alongside a doctor now, these days, now that we're in the virus season of our lives, that you're doing it from your phone. You're doing it from the very comfort yeah. of your couch. So yep. if you can't even make it to the car to go to figure out what's up. Mm-hmm. You just get on that phone there and call somebody. You know? Yes. Yeah. There's so many people now that are a lot more open to talking about it, but mm-hmm. the process is a little bit easier, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I would say this onto the next topic of all this is that it's really hard for... The spouses who don't struggle with it, or partners, or you know, whatever, what they to do to deal, help the person that is going through it. That is a yes. huge yes. Can we get a hallelujah? Yes, <laughs> it's yes. My, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my poor husband has been like super understanding, but fixing anything, and I think. Let's talk about that. Let's unpack spousal partner support and also next with a kid part. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um,
2: I feel like my husband has just been such an incredible student, um, because we have come such a long way. And then, you know, boom, God gave him a kid that was just like me. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he was like, you know, can I can I take a rain check on all this right now, ladies? Um, you know, because he did. He went from wanting to fix it and then wanting to, you know, like, it's going to be okay. You're okay. It's going to be okay. You know, just that sort of, why are you worried? What? That's never going to happen. That's never going to, you know... Um, and almost, I think an anger, um, like he would, he would want to get mad at my anxiety. And at, now that I'm the parent of an anxious child, I, I get that because it is really hard to see the people you love being held back by something, especially something that, that yeah, that you can't fix or that you are like, I just don't, I just cannot comprehend how this thing would feel hard or feel scary or feel, you know, um, and it's like, you know, a few years ago, we went to Disneyland and one of my daughters wanted to go on this roller coaster and the other daughter didn't. And, you know, I'm listening to my husband like, Oh, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun afterwards. You're going to be so, and we just had to stop. And I just said, but you have to realize that that's not her idea of fun. Like feeling scared and anxious is not always fun for somebody like you who's a thrill seeker and all that is fun. And I think a lot of times in the body of an anxious person, the things that the general population might think are fun or exhilarating or, you know, it's going to be, you know, this big, wonderful experience, we're going to go to the beach and we're going to, is not the same for the anxious person. And so I feel like there can be so much frustration because, you know, there's like your partner is so bad wants you to experience all of the parts of life, right? And they're watching yeah. this invisible thing hold you back and they can't freaking make it go away for you. Um, and so he has learned and he has been so gracious. And, and now he asks the questions like, t- you know, tonight he had to go to the grocery store and this. COVID stuff, I'm telling you, going going to the grocery store feels suffocating to me. And so, you know, we've been married 12 years now. And tonight he just said, okay, I have to go get milk. So do you want me to wear gloves? Yes, I want you to wear gloves. Okay. When I get home, where would you like me to bring the groceries? And so he has learned so much and he knows he can't fix it but he knows that he knows that i've got these weird ideas in my head why cope. um and he's just learned to embrace and um just think that we formed a partnership around this but it's a long time it took a really
1: long time it takes a long time it does take a long time so How, did it kind of speed the process once one of your kids kind of started to show some of the effect like just symptoms of that and stuff like did it kind of come more clear for how that work I out? don't I think
2: it almost came to a screeching halt to be honest with you I think there was like a a moment of like nope we're not going to do this nope she's not going to be anxious i've seen you i've seen what i think you've missed out on in life because of it and and we're not going to have a daughter who is who goes through that so i almost think there was like a I think he was just probably so sad about it right yeah, um sure. and his way of dealing with it was just a little bit of denial and you yeah. know she's just sensitive, which she is, you know, she's just sensitive. She'll grow out of it. She'll toughen up. She's going to be fine. Um, And then I think slowly as she be, as she became more articulate and she's so articulate um, and she's so in touch with her feelings that it was no longer me interpreting what I was it was her being like no dad you know this is how i feel this makes me nervous i'm scared of that nope i don't want to try that um and so he's just he's had to learn to be really tender you know with her um but again it's a process it's a really yeah. yeah and hard for all of us you know she's like why is dad mad I'm like he's not he just and that's one of the one of the tools that we really use um with her is naming her anxiety, specifically naming her anxiety so that we can be mad at it and it not be who she is, you know, and I think that that's the part that we had to really get through of separating the, you know, I'm, I'm so pissed that your anxiety is showing up in your life like this, like you're a kid, you need to be doing kid things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and she was feeling like, why is he mad at me? And so we were able to sort of develop this language, so that we could let her know it's not who she is, right? It's this other thing. Your
1: identity is not anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you and I had talked about that. Yeah, your identity is not. And it took us a longer time to get there. And I think feel like with our kids, you know, um, that, you know, actually. It's just, if you have listened to these podcasts my daughter actually got on this podcast and talked about her anxiety and just the way in touch she was with how she deals with it and how she's just sees herself so far removed from it as far as like you know it's it is like you have as a parent the power to you know make it a positive I mean some of yeah. it is really positive, and yep. um, and the whole like nature versus nurture. I could see how that would be a tough one because if someone has grown up in a really harsh environment, then you think, well, my kid's not going to have to deal with that because I'm not mm-hmm. going to have that kind of environment, you know, and blah blah blah. And sometimes that nature or that nature just pops right back out. So yeah, I can relate to that. I yeah, can to that. And now I feel like during this time you know, you said for your kid, you know, naming the anxiety. Um, and one of the things of how I met Gina really was, um, when I was really struggling with just cause it with kids, you, it's hard to explain anxiety, you know, like what the thing is. And fortunately my mom, which she did the same thing. I had an experience where I have two moms. One of them is no longer here, but, uh, I would go from house to house, like back and forth. And then every single time, like I would feel sick. Like I would mm-hmm. feel like, like I was just, you know, and if things were off, I would just mm-hmm. feel sick, you know? And she, mm-hmm. I, I was just like, I feel bad. Like she, And she says that is, she's like, that's a bad feeling. You have a bad feeling. And so I had no idea. She helped mm-hmm. me see, recognize it was a bad feeling. And so she would sit with me in that bad feeling, but I didn't know what the bad feeling was until a therapist was like, yeah, that's anxiety. So that was good to have that. I, Mm -hmm. you know, it was good to have that. So with naming it, I agree. Like just with your kid now, what they're feeling is legit. Yep. What they're feeling is legit. I there's no stressing that enough. And the book that actually Gina, like, do you want to share? Like Katie afraid thing because that's how I oh, actually. Oh, really- you mean? Oh, you mean this? <laughs> because I was so desperate at one point, she had posted it sometime, and I was like, "I'm gonna get that." Went on Amazon, ba boom, got that. Ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, and um, so I kind of met Gina later. I don't think I knew. Yeah, like I didn't even know what school you were at. Mm-mm. We had the same school, but so yeah. So how did this come to be? The Gina not, yeah, so... Gina not afraid-y. <laughs> Kate, Katie, not afraid. Katie, not afraid. Katie, oh, not afraid. Katie, no, doesn't quite
2: roll off the tongue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Katie, not afraid. Katie, not afraid. So I had... Probably, I mean, gosh, even compared to my panic attack in my twenties, when we relocated from California here almost five years ago, that was actually the worst my anxiety had ever been in my whole life. It was it was awful, um, and I, I had called my best friend from my bathtub. And just said, so I think I'm dying, and I can't make any decisions right now. Which is what you were saying, like, li- like I know that things are not okay, but I, but I actually have no idea how to problem solve. And, um, you know, that was the other thing I was going to say is that if you're finding yourself in that place in this season, call your best friend. You know, if you don't, if you don't know what else to do, and you don't know which doctor to reach out to, and that's what I did. I called her for my bathroom from my bathtub. And, you know, she knew my history of anxiety. And I just said, I think I'm dying. Here are all the things. And she was like, no, you're having anxiety and here's what you're going to do. You're going. And at I didn't even have a primary care physician yet. I didn't. And so she literally walked me step by step. She would tell me what take, 10 minutes to do it. And then she would call me back. She saved me. Um, and she just helped me navigate. Um, and so wildly important, but during that time and my anxiety was so bad and I was just sort of, gosh, you know, um, I, I can't imagine ev- any ever having to feel alone in this. And that's how I felt when I moved here. I didn't have a community yet. I didn't, I, I literally felt like I was on an Island all by myself. I remember my daughter was in preschool at the time. One was in preschool, one was in kindergarten. And I just remember I would drop her off at preschool and I would sit on a bench at the park and I would just cry until it was time to pick her up Mm -hmm. from preschool. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, gosh, no one should ever feel like this. No one should ever feel alone in this. And so I just got this really deep desire that to connect to somehow I know you and I talked about like wanting so badly to be healed of our anxiety And I finally realized that wasn't going to happen I don't know if you ever want to talk more about that but um and so like how was it going to be used and then DJ also like I said got to this place she was in like first grade she started really being able to conceptualize what anxiety felt like in her body, and we just started writing it down. We just started taking notes because I was like, "She's like a writer. She's she's really amazing." So we started writing it down, and then over time, I mean, years, it grew. And the reason why it's Katie is because at the time, all of her imaginary friends she named Katie, um, and so became Katie, not Afraidy, and um, and we finally just turned we turned her experiences into a book. Um, and and it was because it was just born from that desire that nobody ever feel alone, and that no child ever feel alone. And really, I think our desire is that no parent would ever feel inadequate in meeting their anxious child where they need to be met. Because if, if you don't have anxiety as an experience personally, it can, it can feel really scary to see your child going through these things. And either, you know, like you were saying, you know, those are bad feelings, right? To recognize it as a bad feeling, but not really be able to pinpoint what it is.
1: Yeah. Like, like where are you feeling it in your body? Like, yeah. Some of the tips, where do you, like, show me where you feel it in your body. Mm -hmm. Naming it. Um, Let's draw a picture of what your anxiety looks like. Yes. Yeah. Let's yep. read Katie Not um, you know, now there's She's just so able, many resources yeah. too. Yeah. You know, it's yep. but I think the mo- would you say the most important thing for a child to know is especially during this time and any time of change or you see something that might think that maybe they have anxiety is to is to know that what they're experiencing is real. Yes. Would you say that's yes. one of the most important things?
2: absolutely that they are validated in mm-hmm. that
1: mm-hmm. that is a huge mm-hmm. and i think as a spouse and partner and whatever that that's kind of what we want too is that what we're f- feeling and experiencing is real we don't want it right. you know and it's not going to be like this forever but it is at the moment you know so yeah yeah so that is a good way to cope with that too and i'm thinking too it's like in both of our journeys, faith um, really played a role in yours and in mine just mm-hmm. uh, because um, that being incorporated in our life and the way we interpreted that and also I see in my children them looking at the bigger picture like why does this exist? why does um, you know why does it exist? And for a long time, I didn't even tell my kids that I had anxiety because I didn't mm-hmm. want them to think that they would have it or that, mm-hmm. that I think I do that. I thought, wow, I really, I really do feel a little bit less than, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I'm st- I'm, I would say now I'm in the process of like embracing and seeing through my faith how, God can use it and, yeah. um, and a faith plays a huge part for me because, mm-hmm. um, it's you know, you can meditate, you can do all those things, <clears throat> and I do feel like it opens you up. Like in the morning, it's like, like say for right now, save for whoever's listening, for you and I. We know we'll do this in the morning. We know we'll do this in the morning. We'll have our coffee, we'll get our coffee, you know, we'll, you know, be in our pajamas. We might even be wearing the same outfit. I mean, okay. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Pretty sure. (laughs) Pretty sure. We get up and we think about like whether you pray, you can meditate, you could just like open yourself to okay, what is this day gonna look like? Mm -hmm. Surrender Mm -hmm. the day. Because really, Mm -hmm. in this situation that you are in right now, there is nothing you can do that's in your control in the sense of the outside. You literally can't go even go outside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how we actually really accept, I mean, still be on me. So it's like, you know, making that step. And then, you know, my kids lately, they're like, I don't want a schedule. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, like, I want you Where know, the? And I'm like, I am not saying you have to have a schedule. Okay. I'm just saying I want a list or a timed list, no, <laughs> however nice. you want to call it, of things <laughs> that you want to accomplish in your day. And that way, when you get lost in your thoughts, because as children, um, I think what what because they're still processing what's going on, as we are too yes. as adults. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't know. They get lost in their day. You know, they yep. get lost in their day, and that's fine. But they have a home base to go to. Yes. They feel upset. They this. They can of course go to you. But okay, what's something on the list that you had already decided you wanted to do earlier today? Let's look at that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and if nothing gets done on the list, that's fine, but if they're, if they, if, if they don't have a place to go in their head, yep, it's just a direction, you know, and, Yeah. yeah, you know, how about for you, like, what's it been like for you, um, and, and how you've learned to cope with it, not just with meds, but just, like, I don't know, like, what, what has helped you,
2: yeah, I think um so my anxiety is really interesting in that it is always focused on health related stuff. So when this covid-19 stuff came out and we realized how serious it was, I did I got calls from you know, my best friends, from my mom, from teachers that I work with, because they know that my anxiety trigger is health related. And they were like, oh, shit. this is like literally your worst fear. How are you doing? Um, and so the way that I'm coping through my worst fear, really, truly, this is my worst fear, um, is the way that I would cope with any other day-to-day anxiety and just Realizing what I can control and having these very kind but firm conversations with my anxiety about what I can't control and so um, you know, what are those kind uh, conversations look like so this is the place that I'm trying to get to now I'm trying to create these new new neuropathways in my brain that don't go into you know, catastrophic thoughts, right? Like, and that's where I go. Like I hear virus and my super highway is, and you're going to die and you're going to leave your small kids and your husband and they're going to have to navigate life without you. And it's going to be awful. So my job is to create new super highways (laughs) that don't go to catastrophic thoughts. And so when that fear starts creeping in, I'm trying to get really good at being Less less judgmental of those thoughts, um, and more honoring them, and and being able to say like, oh, he, I I hear you fear, I hear you're knocking at the door, um, you're doing your job, you know, your job is to keep me safe. You've done great so far. I appreciate you. You play a huge role in my life, but I got this one right. Um, like literally honoring it, and reminding myself like, I've got it. I've I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware of how serious this virus is. I'm aware of what's happening to people, um, but I'm also aware that right now, in this moment, I'm healthy. You know, I, um, and that's where I start thinking about what can I control. And I was talking to my therapist yesterday. We had a teletherapy appointment. Hallelujah for teletherapy yeah, appointments. Seriously.
1: Um, and I realized was it like that, Zoom like this, or was it on the phone? Yes, it was Zoom okay it was zoom okay
2: yeah it was zoom um and which was really fun because she got to see me in my third day in a row of pajamas and no brushed hair and all of that so um, all the cool like maybe she'll give me a discount cause she feels so <laughs> sad for how I look right now I don't know it's just like wow she is really affected um but um But, you know, I walk through this with her and realize, oh my gosh, I actually am controlling more than I am out of control right now, you know? And and I think there is an element of, we can't leave our house. We can't leave our houses. So I have total control over where I've been. I have total control over who has been in my house. Nobody. Um, You know, I have the ability to wash my hands many times a day as I want. Um, You know, all, all of these things... I do have a lot of control over. Um, And I think that, you know, when when I have these conversations with my daughter, these are the same themes that we go over. What do you control? What can't, you know, what, yeah, what's within your control? Let's talk about then the worst case scenario. What does that look like? Okay, then what? Then, you know, let's walk through that. Let's have a plan. Um, And so that's really how I've been getting getting through is just honoring the fear, but not, not letting my car go down that road. And it's exhausting as hell. It is so tiring Yeah, to constantly, you know, I feel like I don't want to have to think like, I just want my thought to automatically be positive and happy go lucky. You know, I don't want to have to ping here and then ping over there, yeah. but that's just the reality of where we're at. And, um, you know and just it's just the reality
1: well and i think the thing i hear you saying too is you focus on the present like mm-hmm. you can yes. control, literally what's right in front of you yes and that is the truth i mean if i if i personally okay let's play a little game here real quick yep. so when you first found out um that covid-19 was happening and for me it was like once the kids were like zicked out of school I was like that's when the reality hit me it's just like oh by the way you get to keep your kids for the rest of the year what (laughs) like what is that right so for me I will spill what I did was the first thing I did like you know like when you're um on a stranded island and like what are the things that you're going to take you know yes um and this is what was crossing my mind as I was doing it actually so I was at the store and I was getting candles, <laughs> getting these lavender fields, birds, bees, candles that I love the smell. And so I was becoming a little hoardish because I was like, I don't know when I'm going to get these again. And <laughs> I'm going to take them all because they're really good priced. And no one's getting these candles except me, you know, and I was to go for the toilet paper. <laughs> I wasn't going there. So I was getting all the candles and I was also getting flowers, like plants, like Lemming indoors, <laughs> and Ruthie was like, "Ruthie goes, oh, you're bringing more oxygen into the house. That's awesome, Mom." And I'm just like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm awesome." <laughs> like totally, totally like the weirdest thing. So plants and candles. It's so That's funny. funny. I wasn't going for food. I wasn't going for. I think when I look, and oh yeah, and I was cleaning my house like a crazy. I think it was yeah. just a nesting. Yeah, vibe that I was wanting, and um, and that brought me comfort. Mm -hmm. So, what was yours? Okay, wait. So,
2: so were the candles? Were you afraid that you were going to lose power, or you just wanted to be surrounded by the lovely candles?
1: it's embarrassing, but I wanted
0: to
1: make the lovely candles, like the kids, I do, I have a lot of candles, but I'm really picking up candles. And so oh gosh, I literally, so was literally afraid that these candles yeah. would never longer exist. And I had looked on Amazon and they're way more expensive. So I was like, I gotta go get all those candles because <laughs> I they are. And I am so good. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, they're essential oil based and I love yeah. essential oils. And, right. uh, That, you know, I don't like a lot of like mango, passion fruit candles, you know, don't give me that. So, no, I was not as scared of power like one might think. I was literally (laughs) seeking environmental comfortness. Yeah. You know, okay. That's me. But it was shocking because I (laughs) did have the thought. I did have the thought. I was like, oh my God, if I was strapped in a certain this, I didn't go for the thing, I didn't go for my toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, go for that, you know, I don't know. It's weird. So, oh my gosh. Like I should probably get a new toothbrush That's so or something, great. you know, but no. <laughs>
2: well, I don't know. know. You could be, you could be bartering toilet paper or candles. I mean, it could, it could happen. Oh, I know. Right? Someone's going to want
0: the candle. Someone's you know? going to want them.
2: Someone oh gosh. Them. For me. So you and I have talked about how I am an introvert and you are an extrovert. And so I, you know, I think we've all seen the the Facebook memes of like, been training for this my whole life. Right. Um, and there's an, there was an element of me that thought this is not going to suck. Um, I will tell you that because I also work at the school and a parent educator, a paraeducator at the school. Um, and so when we got word that school, they were closing school. I had that same surge of like, oh, this is serious. Yeah. And because I'm like, I'm a little afraid you're maybe not going to want to be my friend after I tell you all these stories and reveal how severe my anxiety can be. So I should have had you like pinky
1: swear first, but no, 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 There's no, oh thing. There's no such uh, thing. So
2: what I did, you think embarrassing candles. So I, I, think I might have said
1: everything, but okay. say this, yeah, I mean, I so don't know. I, I, I didn't,
2: know. I didn't go out and buy anything, but I called <laughs> I called my husband from work and made him bring me a thermometer (laughs) from our house. (laughs) Just got word. We're not coming back to school after today. And I, I need you to bring the thermometer. I have to have the thermometer with me. And he was like 4 four, I'll call you when I get, when I call you, when I get, see, this is a smart man. He has learned not to be
1: like, are you kidding me? So, I'm not going to fight this bottle. I'm not nope. going to
2: fight this. Nope. Well, hey, a
1: thermometer, that's legit, Gina. Okay. So I <laughs> needed to have that. <laughs> yes, I think that's, I don't, So, someone, did you have it at work? Yes, I took,
2: I took it, I took my temperature in the parking lot <laughs> okay. Okay. after he gave me the thermometer. Um, and then I just needed to know that it was in my purse for the rest of the day because I needed, I needed to know. <laughs> Yeah, so, it's like
1: oh, it's almost like you're like a gun, your source of protection. Yes, you yes. A fever, back <laughs> up, back up. Like, what am I gonna do? I
2: so anyway. Yeah. So that was my that was my random thing, and then and then it was once our school day ended, and it felt like it was never gonna end that day. Right. Um, and once it ended, I just remember getting home, and I just I just cried because it was just so much of a holding it together, not just for my own kids, but for the 500 kids that, you know, you're going, it's going to be, we're going to be okay guys. It's going to be okay. Um, and I just, I just let, let down. Um, and then honestly being at home has, has not been awful for me. Um, but it is, it has been awful for my youngest who is the only extrovert in our family. So um I'm feeling for her. I'm really grieving for her. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I know we talked a little bit about that, just our our kids and their friendships and this precious time in school and the experiences and
1: yeah, it's just so weird. So weird. weird. It is weird. And so, you know, and tying all of it together in one big beautiful ribbon package, it's it's messy. And uh, I think for anyone out there that's listening, what you're experiencing is completely normal, mm-hmm. and what your thoughts are are legit because they're your thoughts. So the question is: is what are you gonna do with your thought? Mm-hmm. What is one small step? I think you saying calling a friend. Okay, if there's not a friend, you could actually message me on Facebook or something, Mm -hmm. um, or Gina, or, you know, you don't know us, but I think we're, you know, we're, we've opened up to you. We're uh, freaking on all over the internet. So we're here, you know, there's, there's resources that want to help you. And I think there's a lot of people that are very aware now of mental health. So you're in a Uh good spot there. Um, But you know, the person that you're going to have to get over is yourself and we all are. Yep. We all are. And yep. um daily, basically. Yep. So yeah. So, you know, helping your kid, understanding your spouse, um, trying to find some sort of norm. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone says to me embracing change, that's always a little tough one for me because it's like I should be liking this. But I think it has more to do with your being present with what you're handed with. Um, yeah someone that's not embracing something is probably wanting to check out in very, very, very unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. And that's not the road you want to go because that'll lead you down a dark, 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 mm-hmm. dark, dark, mm-hmm. not maybe tomorrow, but a million days later, you can't get yeah. out. Like you'll feel like yeah. you can't get out. Um, so yeah. So <clears throat> I love both of our experiences because your anxiety is so much different than mine. Mm -hmm. And I love that it is that different because we didn't really get to uncover how we totally are affected by it um, and how we've handled it differently and how we've experienced it differently. I think it's Mm -hmm. awesome to hear both different types. And I'm sure there's more that I'm obviously not mentioning, but this is ours. So, um, but is there anything else you want to add to this? Um, No, I, let me see that book again. Let me see that. Let me see the
0: object. yeah, and
2: also, and I put this up here because what oh. you what you just
1: what you just said about um
2: you know kind of getting over ourselves and you know like just embracing and you know one of my favorite quotes is, if your compassion does not include yourself, it is incomplete, right, and mm-hmm. so. I think that, you know, right now with everything that's going on, we have this beautiful ability to expand our hearts and see ourselves and other people and see other people in our, you know, and connect and want to be helpers and all of this. But, But, but please be so mindful of extending that same compassion to yourself right now. Even, you know, the interview did with Lindsay about the homeschooling, right? Just extending the compassion of, we don't have to have it all figured out right now. We don't have to be amazing at all the things we don't have to embrace this right now. But what we do have to do is allow ourselves compassion while we figure it out. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I love that quote, but
1: that is this question. what, what is this what you're asking yeah. about? <laughs> Gina, not afraidy.
2: Katie I have to give I have to give another local Wes Lynn Kimberly Martin she edited this for us and then we have an incredible illustrator Christina Yu she's in LA um
1: but yeah here's a book Amazon Amazon we'll have the link there too so everyone out there our hearts are with you it's not an easy time it's definitely not an easy time for us either um it ain't rainbows but um some days are um actually I did see a rainbow yesterday now I think about it. Um mm. but so yeah, uh thank you Gina. Thank for you for doing this with me and I'm so glad that we have our friendship and that you were able to that you helped me figure this out this whole situation and you know it's not like you know, it. I pictured me would be sitting down and talking but I sure I'm emb- this is embracing it you know and yeah, this is and yeah. it and it's, it's good. So Anyway, you guys take care. We'll have all the Thank links you. and all the whatnots, but you guys stay safe and um, much love out there. Much love. Yeah. Much yeah. Okay. I want to, how do I stop this thing? Okay. There we go.
2: Okay. Oh, it's still recording, Wait. I
0: think. <laughs> You've been listening to this topical life with Tiffany Murphy available through podbean itunes and google play look for us on instagram and facebook donations to help support this topical life can be made through patreon at patreon.com front slash this topical life likes and comments are always appreciated and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode we'll see you next time for more real conversation real exploration real life stories on this topical life, cause life ain't a vacation.